0: The Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community is advised that this podcast includes references to people who have died. Oh,
1: be
2: sure you drink and your German. coffee right near the mic as well. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like,
0: pour it, pour it through the mic.
3: Sounds like you're ripping a billy. <sighs>
2: <laughs> it sounds like you're ripping a billy. It sounds like you're <laughs> ripping a billy. Oh, ripping a, a bill. Like oh, you
3: know how there's so much stoner paraf- like paraphernalia in culture. Could we just have like a coffee culture band? band. Not yeah yeah, yeah, oh. I was say, yeah, yeah There's heaps stoner there rock But where's the, the cof- where's, where's the coffee rock? It's pretty much as bad. Yeah, Coff, right. Cough rock. Cough rock where, o'clock. clock.
2: Where's cough rock? Rock feet Surely like <laughs> Nora Jones duets is what's in Starbucks all the time. Yeah uh, yeah. But
1: but is Starbucks Starbucks is different? Cough core. No. Yeah entry-level course. Yeah, yeah. yeah like not even.
0: <laughs> he made it out with a sheep around his neck. We are Hottest 100s and 1000s and we have taken control of your radio station. <laughs> did you say sheep? Yeah, did yeah. you say sheep? It's a is sheep, it? isn't it? I'm pretty sure. It's actually a sheep. I fucking swear it's a fucking sheep. I don't think it is. Why I don't, would it not be a sheep? Because,
1: it would because be he a- hung himself. We, we can get to this later. I'm happy to put a pin in this
0: to tie a sheep around it for now. No, 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 This is a point of contention.
1: No, no, if anything, I'm happy with it being here because of that.
0: No, exactly. You've made your point.
2: Misheard lyrics are the best.
1: Yeah, sure. Give all
3: my eggs to them. Give all my eggs to misheard lyrics. Exactly. What's that one called again? I'm
0: Berlin Chair. Wait, I'll give
3: all my eggs to you. It's an Easter song. It's a song about sharing at Easter.
1: Make a new film clip with the Easter Bunny. Someone get on the haunted mm, yeah. <laughs> team. I would. That would be a great Dude, video. Everyone would love to see Tim you. Rogers bounce around in an Easter Bunny. Yeah. That, <laughs> is that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tim doing that. The rest of the band is like running around a park, <sighs> finding yeah. eggs hidden everywhere. Yeah, fun Everyone's hidden really everywhere. happy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jury found him guilty, gave him 16 years in hell. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. And this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been denied hard enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. Mm. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, it's Mr. Nathan Harrison. So happy about oh, yeah. that. And Miss Anna Muncher. It's
3: going to be hard to top that in terms of like a musical opening. You may have picked too early, Dave, but Ugh, I'm looking forward to my seeing life. your
2: future
0: work, man. And Miss Andrew McDonald. Great to be here, as always, David. Oh, man, it is a fucking pleasure to have you here, sir. Alright, we are working our way out of the 90s, slowly and surely, both in a season sense and a, a literal sense in terms of this particular countdown. Let's cross now to number 90. For the first of three appearances in this countdown, it's Alanis Morissette with all I really want. Bing her name is Alanis Morissette.
3: <laughs> do I stress you out? My sweater's on backwards and inside out and you say hi
0: set at number 90 in the triple j hottest 100 with all i really want the song that opens her classic definitive 1995 album jagged little pill a former child star who became absolutely massive after several successive goes It took a few shitty ex-boyfriends and a couple of A-team songwriters, but she became one of the biggest stars in the fucking universe. And 2015 was the year where that shit became cool again. We are now finally (laughs) appreciating Alanis on a (laughs) non-ironic basis. She got Please Welcome to the Stage this year by Taylor Swift, and she fucking cranked out You Ought to Know like it was nobody's business. Taylor Swift is so clearly influenced by Alanis Morissette, and no one has picked up on that shit until quite fucking recently. On top of that, she was just on. Uh, The Late Late Show with James Corden where she updated the lyrics to Ironic and proved that she does have a bit of a sense of humour about the whole thing even though she was such a stern and serious folder clenching art student no one takes me seriously (laughs) artist back in the day I love that we are finally fucking appreciating this artist I love this album so goddamn much I picked it up at a garage sale when I was maybe 11 or 12 I knew like the four songs that were single goals. And once you go past that, it's a fucking still a fucking gold mine. I love this record. That's
1: the way everyone should come across Jagged Little Pill, I think.
0: Uh yeah at garrison. Oh, oh, yeah. totally, yeah, totally. totally. Well. But
1: yeah. It's like the reverse Jumunji or something. <laughs> <laughs> you just dig up this album, you're like, what's this? <laughs> oh but then God. it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you don't get a <laughs> no monkeys. By yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it's funny, as I went to buy it, Robin Williams was like, You have no idea what you're getting yourself <laughs> into. You
2: open the album up and you're like, What year is this?
0: <laughs> 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 Another fucking <laughs> Great Warren Williams reference. Well done. Oh, 10 out of 10. RIP, fam. Uh, man, I'm really excited to be talking about Alanis, even though she was the Taylor Swift of her time, by getting in the countdown without yeah, actually yeah. getting played. On Triple J. Such was Wha- the power of Alanis. I Hang love the on. reference that Taylor
1: problems. makes by bringing her out on stage this year. It's very clever and <laughs> oh, deep. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's
0: all up in the Triple J <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. mainframe, man. She knows where the bodies are buried, man. Yeah. Like- but she-, <laughs> she
1: was one of the, the main counter arguments to, to Taylor not yes, being exactly. allowed in. Was, you know, that, like, Alanis was in three
0: times in one countdown without mm. getting any airplay. Wow. Yeah. I-, I find it quite interesting, too. Especially considering, like, you look at the kind of playlists and the kind of stuff that was popular at the time. It's just like, oh yeah, Alana's fits in that. Alana's totally makes sense. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. don't. I don't. Doubt I, don't it. I. I guess maybe she went immediately to commercial radio here. That,
1: that was my guess was like, that it was straight to like the yeah. pop charts, and so Triple J were kind of like, oh, we like we would have done this. We would have been the like if we were on, on the it way earlier or something. Yeah, yeah. Because because you
0: look you, at yeah, you look at every artist. That, you know, has that commercial crossover. It's just like, oh, well, Triple J still plays, like, oh, well, the Food Fighters, whatever. It's just like, Triple J's been playing the Food Fighters since day fucking dot, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. every yeah. massive act like like that, you know, like your Kings of Leon and your MGMTs, like, your stuff like that from, from from bygone era.
3: Almost relevantly for that countdown, Sia, who Sia, made it to the top totally, turn. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, um, she got in with chandelier last year, even though like they didn't quite play as much of Thousand mm. Forms of Fear as they did of previous records, but they've still been playing Sia since she was like a guest vocalist for Zero Seven, you yeah. know what I mean? Like they nurture and bring up these artists and sometimes it gets by the wayside Like uh, I, I understand that But yeah, yeah. If
2: you bunny hop over the I guess the Triple J bump Like Alanis did Because yeah. the, musically There's no doubt That this album It's not a straight pop record Like it's no, pop No definitely music, not It's mm. pop as anything But like it's just It's post grunge In that yeah, aesthetic absolutely. Of like it's just, There's distorted yeah. of guitars And whammy in it The whole time It's not like it's Colleen Minogue 2003 era where you obviously wouldn't hear on Triple J it makes total sense to be in the countdown and yeah. I
3: think more than that there's a lot to be said about the way that she's presenting herself as a pop persona as well that is distinctly in line with the alternative
1: Yeah, yeah. even yeah. though it's
3: in the style of pop music like a pop artist does not behave and carry themselves in the way that Alanis Morissette was at that time yeah yeah however there have been some criticism and I don't know whether you guys have come across that around the idea that this was all really deliberate and really constructed in terms of a uh, pop thing which people at the time we're kind of onto and kind of suggesting you know, wasn't authentic and was subject to some criticism there.
2: As in uh, Morissette is co-opting alternativity in the fa- in like in the guise of like like new wave to punk. Worse than
3: that, that her one of one of her principal songwriters, Glenn Ballard, mm. was mm. constructing a persona for Alanis Morissette to inhabit. This was what some of the talk was at that time. I think, like,
2: mm. well, that, uh, that, some of the that, more
3: sexist elements of that, of course, yeah. Pretty yeah. But, like, I know that
2: that is, I, I've, I've heard similar, and I'm far more inclined to believe that in regards to Avril Lavigne, as that was a construction, yeah, 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 a, an artificial mm. construction mm. that they got a pop star, and
0: another habit. Canadian child star who a basically followed star. in the footsteps, yeah, absolutely, and had that one good album and then a couple of records that no one gave a shit about, yeah. and is now kind of coming back ironically. Also, someone that got "Please Welcome to the Stage" Indeed. this year yeah, by yeah. Taylor yeah. Motherfucking yeah. Swift. Yeah, it's just Swift. like a uni
3: course you'll go
1: through yeah. the. The same subjects
3: yeah <laughs> we discovered upon another branch of the illumina 90s i think we have
2: yeah i think
1: i think
3: it's growing
2: but to get back to all i really want i think um, sorry I, I haven't pressed yeah. the inception button yet <laughs> <laughs> I, uh morris there is always someone that i've been meaning to give a proper chance to and i, I have a few good friends david included who i know hey, are fam. big big lovers of this record another good friend of mine is uh, always telling me and he um just recently, I listened to the uh, the 20th anniversary re release. Oh, yeah, that album, which, is, is which massive. just came out. There's so much Huge, shit in there. Yeah, bounty of it's unreleased like four tracks. Discs or some all shit. like that kind of thing. And there's always, if you like any of these massive re releases, if you are a fan of it, then it's a bounty and treasure trope. If you're not, yeah, yeah, then you're yeah. always going to be quick to criticize. And I do yeah. the same thing. I'm a guy who has the six-disc Dark Side of the Moon box set. So, that's me. But oh. this... Uh, there's, <laughs> uh, I just got two chills. It's, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, but I think this... Um, six discs? Well, there's... Um, <laughs> yeah, break it down. And um, there's, the, there's the album. There's the album in demo form. There's a live version of the album. There's a 5.1 surround sound version mix of the album. There's a live DVD and an album of that was meant to be called Household Objects which is a follow-up to Dark Side of the Moon which is everything's recorded on like glasses and clubbers and stuff.
0: Douche chills.
2: It's like (laughs) (laughs) some of us like Pink Floyd,
0: right? I hate to be that guy but I hate to be
2: the most alternative guy in the world for liking Pink Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Having said that, I've never really given Marissa a chance. I've heard, I've only heard the singles. I'm pretty sure I've heard the Jagged Little Pill record in a cursory way, just like yeah. here and there. Well, like, you it's, would have heard it's always been the around. you have heard the singles yeah. anyway. It's, it's the yeah. thing, Like she, she's one of those artists, for the past 20 years, these songs have always been around. They're always yeah. getting mm-hmm, airplay mm-hmm. regularly on like... And way back from 1995, here's Alanis Morissette. In like the not mid-90s, mm. someone would have said that like but two I years after it say, came
3: out. Outside <laughs> of that context, I mean, that context is the, is the thing that I think is most damaging for Alanis Morissette and was damaging for Alanis Morissette in terms of my relationship with her thus far. I'm really enjoying, and I really enjoyed, listening to Alanis devoid of mm. that, coming to it with fresh ears mm. and just listening to it as a song, going like, wow, this is actually really interesting, really characterful... Kind of nicely 90s, but not in a way that makes it kitschy or, t- or mm. too old school mm. or I'm going to use c- retro. You know, it's, d- it's, it's just good. It's good pop.
2: Like I, th- um, I think it's aged, this song in particular, I, like it's so, so steeped in those mid 90s tropes, like the muted yeah, wah is. guitar, the meandering vocals, like the lyrics themselves, the harmonica that comes in arbitrarily. Mm. Oh, I yeah, found it yeah. arbitrarily. Um,
0: she, I think she played that? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I think the song is a better song than I find it to be. Like, I think that my opinion is coloured so much by hearing this and being like, holy shit, this is aged. And I'm not sure if that's just because I know that it's always been around, so it feels like it's an eternity old. Mm. Like, it was fine to listen to, but I never thought to myself, I've really got to hear that again. Like, I thought it was alright to hear. I was mm. not, like, I know, like, that's the thing. I knew the song before going back to review it for this. Sure. And. At least not, I'm like, oh, that'll do me. But- I guess it's
3: more for me, I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it, because I was expecting to enjoy it less, given... The relationship that I had to Alanis Morissette, and also as a younger dude listening to Alanis Morissette, I didn't get it. It was really abrasive to me as a as a as a younger guy hmm. coming across Alanis Morissette singles on the radio. I didn't like pay
0: it at all. Because like, like, like we said, yeah, I grew I up on that shit. I fucking no, love those. Because like we said,
2: it it sounds more alternative than most things you'd hear on the radio. It's not like it's a pop yeah. song. Yeah, it's not yeah. like considering the mid nineties. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like like to like. Give a spoiler. It doesn't sound like waterfalls or anything that would other be otherwise
0: be
1: huge at the time. And like uh, you ought to know, which we'll talk about much later. But like it says, "fuck" in that, which for a pop song of that kind, like that sort of singer songwriter pop song, also
0: talks about blowies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like
1: it's it's (laughs) it's 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 abrasive. I think abrasive is a pretty good word for it. I love this song. I mean, I I really love this album as well. I've loved it for many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good, and I think this is the opening track. is fantastic. Yeah, that sort of character establishment really song. The scene, like, I think it's yeah, like the character this... is
3: so much about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And, Particularly and I, I in this song, before. this
1: song is such a like. This is who I'm going to be for this album. Exactly, and, and it works so well. I, I think the music is really good. Like it's a lot of '90s tropes, as you say, but I I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, it's weird to criticize that 20 years yeah. on. Yeah, Of course, for yeah, being yeah. All of the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I I re- revisited the album a few weeks ago after mm. reading Rebecca Shaw's. Excellent short piece on SBS. All right, um, about uh, the album and just I just like a very quick grab. Uh, it was sort of her first album. Thing her line is like Alanis and her songs made me fall in love with hearing women sing the things they feel. Okay, I think that's great, and I think Alanis has some beautiful songs, and this is one of them. Especially yeah. because her persona, I
3: think, plays around the the male centric idea of an unreasonable woman. That's it, absolutely. And yeah, she, it's, takes, it's a- she takes that. And she goes like, I'm gonna. I'm going to push that to the absolute extremity yeah. as the whole form. Like even her, like her vocal style, the things that she sings about, the way that she chooses to phrase certain things, it's just like it pushes that and pushes that and pushes that until it's like right up in your face. Yeah. And it, I think it, it's it, beautiful for that.
2: Yeah, it doesn't subvert, or oh, at least this, the most songs that I know, they don't subvert traditional femininity like, say, Riot Girl would have done, mm. but they play with it in a really interesting way, which is still suitable for a pop audience. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Boys, uh, <laughs> have you got your swimmers? Have you got your, uh, got your trunks ready? Because uh, I think we're about to go uh, skinny dipping in a sea of tears.
3: Too soon. See sea it feels.
0: <laughs> At number 89, this is Jeff Buckley with Grace. That was Jeff Buckley at number eighty-nine with the title track from his uh only album that he released while he was alive called Grace. Adam Yeah man. You're a you're a you're a young man that's uh you're a sensitive played patient, a bit dude. of guitar <laughs> and had some feels in your time, uh and uh, I believe mm-hmm. citation needed Wikipedia style, but mm-hmm. uh that uh, you might have had a thing for Mr Jeff Buckley. Uh, In the past, perhaps in the present.
3: Can I say, Dave, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you sit and talk about songs that mean a lot to you. Because I am, like, not dealing right now. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, you've talked about quite a lot of songs. You're like, oh my god, I love that song is just like...
0: Yeah, a formative one.
3: And you care about it so, so much, and you cite it as being a favourite song.
0: Well, I guess I had a lot lot. of experience, just... Gushing, really?
2: Some of their autism Drug. songs talk about it.
0: Yeah, can we
1: talk about autism again soon, please? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs>
3: but yeah, I'm in that position right now where I'm talking about a song that legitimately is a part of me as as much as any song okay. is. Not, not just well, the album,
2: this song in particular?
3: This song in particular. You have the All floor. Right.
0: Gentlemen, I think we know what to do. On the count of three, move away from the microphone and let the man say his piece. As, Two, as I say. Three, go. <sighs>
3: It's really difficult to, to kind of talk about something that I, I feel kind of this strongly about. I will use the word favorite here, and I take that word pretty seriously in terms of when I use it to apply to music, but this is absolutely one of my favorite songs um, of all time. Yeah, if you cut me open, this song's in there. What's your history with the song, Adam? Well, I mean, I discovered it in high school, kind of, there are certain albums that kind of filter through when you're in high school and whatever, and you kind of... Come towards, and I think as a young dude, Grace is kind of just one of them. Mm. Like I, and I maybe maybe that's different now. I kind of hope that it's not, but it it certainly was for me. And I feel like maybe for some other people, it might have been your um, your Elliot Smiths, or you know, like other. But I, for me, it was definitely it was definitely Jeff Buckley. I had a few friends who kind of introduced him to me, and I I heard one or two things. And of course, Hallelujah, you know, is, is how kind of a lot of people get started. And I don't think that song's as visible now as it was either but it certainly was very very visible for a time
1: i think that's for the better that it's it's not quite so visible i had nothing yeah. against the song but not know. I, no. I think it's an incredible the saturation cover. of it was to its detriment and when, to the, when, when and it was to in the, every movie yeah yeah exactly
3: and it was also to the detriment i think to a large extent of buckley who mm. i think like for for people to bang on about that as a cover how albeit an incredibly you know well realized cover you're not focusing on songs like this, which to me, like this song is far and away the the shining gem in in the whole album. Like as soon as as soon as the the guitar kind of kicks in or whatever, um, I'm away with it. It's one of the most moving and effective vocal performances of any v- recorded vocal performance that I can name. Um, when he finally just goes for it at the end or whatever, it's I feel completely lifted and completely just engaged by it and moved simply by the way he uses his voice and there are not a lot of other artists of which i can say a similar thing um one potentially i'm going to be talking about next episode um who i think was able to move me simply by the, the sound of their voice but jeff in this song is absolutely that i just get such a sense of just kind of floating with it like it's got such a such an airiness. I think the, the construction and the way the chords move and whatever is just is, is wonderful. Um, but even the, all this talk is just kind of like not really hitting on the truth of what what this kind of does for me or what this kind of is for me or whatever. Like it, I, I don't think I'm going to ever get the words for it. It's always going to kind of be on the peripheries. It's just, it's just pure kind of feeling and love and connection to this, to this track. It's kind of always been there as far as I can tell, like if from the get-go and immediately. And it always will be. And it will so, it will be a song that I always kind of return to. And it always, no matter how many times that I hear it, hits me in that certain way. So, I mean, that's just me gushing, and, and it could be anyone talking about any song that they really, really care about. But I guess the point I'm trying to get across is that is me for this track. Um, and, of course, it hits on a lot of themes and stuff that I have a connection to. Uh, Jeff has talked about how... You know, it's about being elevated by the idea of love and how that can conquer the idea of your fear of death, which has got this really... I mean, you have to think of Jeff Buckley in relation to the tragedy of Jeff Buckley as well and the story of Jeff Buckley. And it's kind of one of those uh, Biggie Smalls ready to die things, you know, because he he talks about death a lot in this song and specifically not being afraid to die and confronting death and kind of embracing it in a way, which is incredibly haunting when you look at it in retrospect in relation to the Jeff Buckley narrative. I think there's even some some sh- strange references to drowning in the song mm. um, and stuff like that. Uh, but it's that is more of a coincidental thing because he talks about elements as well, you know, the, the chorus being weight in the Fire, um, I think is just, he's just playing with those kind of elemental kind of
2: ideas. Aesthetics, yeah.
3: Yeah, and mm. an aesthetics within the song. Almost the little flaws within Grace are the things that make it all the better because it does point towards the The other album that was going to be better than Grace Mm. that was never made. Or maybe it wasn't going to be better than Grace. I don't know. But, you know, like that, it does, to say that there's no mystique within that, I I think is not true because there definitely is something that's
2: added um, within that. It's one of those albums, and this song as well, that um, I think anybody our age to, I guess, up to 20 years older than us. There's a huge spectrum of people that have connected so deeply with the songs that they feel a personal connection to Jeff, and I'm sure that's tied into the narrative of him as a tortured person who died too young. Mm. But like, mm-hmm. there's this, people like feel like they have this, like the songwriting is so genuine and honest that people have this connection, not just they don't say like I have a connection to Grace. It's I have a connection with Jeff. It's like one of those pertinent artists that people have a, a human yeah. feeling connection with.
3: Yeah, and I'd, I have to admit that I guess it it hasn't really gotten to like that for me like I know a lot of people who do feel that way and they and kind of like have listened to all the live recordings where he talks a lot about himself yeah, and and you know speaks a lot about the stuff that he cares about
2: but uh, for me it's always been about Grace and about the album it's an album that I uh, my mum had it when it first came out so I, I've always one of those things that I've, I've known it's always been there like since I was like seven or whatever, when, it, when, I, her age, when I was, when I came out. So I've always known these songs. And I've always known them as like, like Not that I ever, like, when I was seven years old, I'd have an intense listen to the album, obviously. But, like, it's always been kind of background stuff. I've just known the songs for, like, like, like as almost as far back as I can remember. Yeah. um So then it kind of felt like... And because everyone kind of has that... You're at that age where you find these songs that are highly emotional when you're in high school, and it makes a huge amount of sense. So then when everybody in high school was then starting to get into Jeff Buckley hugely I had a real knee-jerk reaction away from it Mm, I was like dude shut the fuck up about it I don't care like and everyone's talking about how beautiful and this is the the, like Cars on the Table like I think the album's like a six and a half or a seven like it's an alright record for me it's not something that I've ever connected with too deeply Um, there are some good songs in there Love You Should I Come Over is all time and partly and this is the thing because these legacy artists that die too young and have a a mystic kind of connection like around them like, the fact that everybody so sycophantically raves about how, like, beautiful a writer and also handsome a man he was, it just makes me... I, I just have this kind of, like, shut the hell up, like, just listen to the music and shut up kind of mm. thing about it. And I'm sure I have to do this with other people as well. I'm positive that I do. Um, But, like, this is just to me... Like the example that I'm like I know I know that I have music that I do this to people. Oh, I probably like to me to shut up about it, Andrew. I don't care. Like there's that. I'm sure for other people that I have, but to me, I think it's a very nice song. It's one of the highlights of the album. Obviously, it's a very nice structure. His vocals performance is fantastic. Obviously, particularly yeah. towards the end. Um, but it's it, one of those like albums and one of the artists that I just like. It's so hard for me to look at it without seeing the fandom to it. And I know that like you're only as good as your fans is a. Like a bit of a cop out criticism that I often employ, um, but and I know that, that I do it always with a wink and a nod when I use that criticism. But like with the fact that, like, I know that this is the favorite album of tons of people who love Garden State still, like, and that's what I have a little like. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's a very specific criticism.
0: <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I imagine if this album, like, I, I imagine a lot of people on Tumblr like this album. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's fine. Like I, that's the thing. I, I just, to me, it's it's all just fine. Like I wish that I got more out of it. People get so much out
1: of Grace, and I wish that I did because I like feeling feels. <laughs> I only found out in preparation for today that it's the the music was written yeah. by the band member uh, for it to be an instrumental song. Yeah which I think makes a lot of sense with the structure yeah. and the melodies of the music. And then and how much happens with the music. Yeah. Yeah. And then also the room that gives for Jeff to sing around it in it's like structurally, it's not a typical pop song. No, um, not at all. You know, it's not like, you know, ABCB B, rhyming structure and, and chorus or whatever. Like he, he has so much room to move. And I think the structure of the song comes from that largely, which is really good. This is a beautiful song. And, and Jeff Buckley is a phenomenally talented singer or was whatever. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have that personal connection, but I love that you do. That's very beautiful. No,
3: I'm com- I honestly I'm coming off the back of this feeling incredibly frustrated because oh, I'm I sorry. just
1: can't find the words. Like I, I just I think um, you've represented it well.
3: I, I'm just I'm frustrated by the limits of language <laughs> right now. Aren't we all? Um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, That's maybe why people I write have, music. I could have sat and I could have crafted the, precisely <laughs> the right sentence to convey exactly how much I love
2: this song. Write your thirty-three yeah. and a third, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah well, do
1: it. Maybe. But this is great stuff. I also love that uh, this episode we started talking about two artists that we get to talk about several times over this countdown. That's kind of lovely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll talk. You can very positively <laughs> about other Jeff
2: Buckley songs, but to me, like this is this
3: the, is the this one. is the one. Yeah. Like, sure. David, David,
1: you're prone to feels.
2: How do you feel With Jeff Buckley,
0: I say this all the time, but I'm really not needed here. No, like, the three of no. you. No, that, that was just like that was some power trio shit right there, man. Like everyone had all well, these ba- different ba- ideas on the keys, and experiences boy. and shit like that. Like <laughs> me just I,
3: stuttering the word love over and over uh, again, yeah. and love, love, dude. dude
0: like, like this, uh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> That was good, though. That like That's, like, the most fucking vulnerable and fucking open and honest you've ever been on this podcast, And man. I hate it. It
3: truly is. And I hate it. And I want to talk about that songs that I don't care you about. You fell it. into no. like, DK's trap.
0: I, okay. I fucking commend the ever-loving shit out of you for Thanks, that, dude. man. Muzzle Jeez. fucking tough. Look, we've canonized the bucklers. It's that fucking simple. We can wank on about how great Tim and Jeff were and... We still do to this day. There was that, uh, a touch of grace or a state of grace or whatever the fuck that was at the end more just recently with fucking Martha Wainwright and <laughs> Willie Mason and, like, fucking Steve Kilby all fucking crying into the mic for two hours and shit. <laughs> and, like, yeah, uh, like, I get it, like, both of their deaths were tragedies and shit, but, like, most of the people on that bill didn't even fucking know those people, man. And, like... I have grown up with so many fucking sad boy cunts with six strings just wanting to be Jeff Buckley and failing. Just a lot of fucking dudes just doing the. How could you. But on another. On a...
3: So, how could you not want to
2: be Jeff Buckley, though? Like, in terms of because, being a white but no, guy, yeah, with it, six But it's, but it's also worth. Like, it's, it is worth hating those people. It's, I think so, it's perfectly
3: reasonable. It's the same
2: reason that people hate The Doors because people want to be Jim Morrison.
3: Oh, yes. But why, why, why is that worth hating? Because it's based on a on an idea that's not rooted in reality or a cliché ba- Well, partly it's or- it's it's, 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 it it's fetishizing
2: exists. a myth, and that and, and also it already exists. Don't try like Jeff Buckley wasn't trying to be somebody else. He was he was trying to do something. If you really love the spirit of Jeff Buckley, you'd want to do something, not recreate something. It's like the same reason that I like have a vehement distaste of anybody that gets on stage and gets fucked up, wants to be in a punk band and just gets drunk on stage. That was that was not punk. Cause it because it was a statement in 1977. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like hooliganism. This is a total to Jeff Buckley. I have a get, get, get my weekly shot in the arm to the community that I'm in.
0: Reason number two why I'm not needed: I get 25 seconds <laughs> of talking time. No, keep going, keep going. To but you must said, like this song. Oh, well, sure, but it's the same way that I love, you know, like Nirvana and shit. You love it to a point, and you don't go overboard, and you're not obsessed, and you're not like, oh, this is all I've ever wanted out of life, and this is all you ever talk about and shit like that, which happens with pretty much everyone in the 27 club except amy winehouse because you know she's a woman um but that's another story for another fucking time yeah the guitar layering is lovely the fucking vocal run at the end is bullshit like strings god yeah like it's 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 all very well uh. composed and well put together and i get what he was going for it doesn't you know hit me square in the feels because like jeff buckley was not really a time and a place for me it was kind of like a discover when i was 14 kind of thing like but also i grew up at a time where i was surrounded by heaps of musicians that just wanted to be jeff buckley like um that's the thing so i don't know maybe jeff buckley's potentially been ruined by dudes that sound like him to me but i i do like occasionally coming back to this music like i i I won't turn it off basically is is my relationship with it and yeah, I understand uh, the, the legacy that's been left behind, but I still think that we just need to fucking leave it be for a little while. Do you know how many fucking goddamn reissues and re different versions <laughs> of Grace there are? Yeah. Like, you know how very fucking precious little stuff is actually out there of Jeff Foxes that hasn't been He's made been a lot of money released? for some. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Death, is a, option, Death mm. is a career option, man. Death is a career option. Nick Drake, fucking. You know, superstar. Twenty years after he dies, you know, all that kind of shit. It happens, man. It really and does. Nick
2: Drake's a like a suitable not 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 that you brought it up for that comparison, but mm. a suitable comparison point in terms of emotional white dude.
3: I kind of get a little bit annoyed with the way that Jeff's legacy has been played out as well in terms of like the the milking of it, and the, yeah, and, and, it's, and the it's hard way not it's, to. it's it's really long in the tooth.
1: And it's, a lot just, of, it's a lot of the stuff we talked about with Kurt as well. It's, it's just like. There's an yeah. indulgence in the narrative that it's, cheapens. It, it's like any cheap. artist that dies too young. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, I'm glad that my love for this song has kind of sheltered me from a lot of the fallout from the bullshit because I think that's that's what happened. Like I think oh, yeah. for Dude, me, it's just that's what a, happened for I me. It's that's about that's the, the best music. case scenario. Yeah, it's about the, it's about the music. It's yeah. about the songs <laughs> being really, really great songs, and Jeff Buckley being a really, really great performer of those
0: songs. Mm. Yeah, they're back at number 88. This is Alison Chains with line Chains at number 88 with Brian. Who'd have thought three years in a row we've been talking about yeah. Alice and Goddamn Chains? It feels, the feels the show. like three friend years. Of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and Nathan
1: <laughs> shows Sweet his hand. Shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the same hand. You haven't you haven't, haven't, no, no, haven't washed my hands since yeah. the last one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think it's time to pose a question that uh, we've posed in the past in regards to Alice in Chains, and we're going to pose it first to Miss Andrew McDonald. Andrew, would
1: <laughs>
0: Spoon
2: Man, Spoon Man. <laughs> um, yeah, I like. Like I said before, we've, like, I've mentioned a few times that I really liked Dirt and this was the first song and single from the first proper album after that, and I guess their last until they so triumphantly reformed in two thousand and two. Um, yeah, so I guess when releasing this, there was a weight of expectation. I think, in, and it was the, it was following out of grunge's heyday, I suppose, as we've mentioned a few times chronologically in this countdown. Um, and there's, I think that this is clearly trying to say something in a, in a post grunge environment, like the, Mm. the super deep chug a chug guitar riff of it all. Like it's just, it's stupidly heavy. It's like down tuned to all sin and it's chug a chug. Grind
3: Um, as a title is apt to the point of being unoriginal.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Obviously it's not grind core. No, it should be. It's just a grind. (laughs) Grind (laughs) to listen to. (laughs) Like there's a bit of self-reflection with this song, like with the opening lyrics Mm. That, um, and
3: you know, you know the circumstances around that. Yeah, there's rumors
2: of breakup and Lyle's mm. health. Um, obviously Lyle being a notoriously unhealthy human. Yeah, um, yeah, basically, yeah. In the darkest hole, you'd be well advised not to play my funeral before the body dies. Yeah, it's very funny now, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gallows humor. <laughs> um, yeah, and also it's kind of like ironic that it ended up being the end of the band as well. Like, yeah, I think this is clearly trying to explore something as a life after grunge. Like, it's. Uh, easy to read into this and if, if I had a gun to my head and I had to write a 33 and <laughs> a third book about Austin Chains self-titled album we're all gonna write a 33 and a this. third
0: by the end of this goddamn yeah. podcast
2: but like as much as I think it's trying to do these things it just comes across as like proto-masculine dude rock yeah it's they were like, always kind of that They were though. always Of course They're not even, not even kind of They were always yeah. were that yeah. But yeah. they always
1: had enough Like you know Like I've never been Obviously the biggest fan Around this table Of Alice in Chains But there's always been More going on than that In the songs In like all the songs Yeah, yeah. I, This yeah. is and the
3: song That least happens in Of course yeah. It's,
1: yeah. The, the, I think there's a little bit Of interesting textural work That
2: recalled the Melvins For me And it's More, oh, yeah, more interesting so, yeah. But I like Obviously, I, this was not a terrific song. Like this, obviously, this is this, yeah. This is, this is definitely is not a song cool. that I'm going to. This I is was, definitely I like a mid-set song. Yeah. I did not <laughs> yeah. know where, I would be, but it's like, like it's. It was all right to listen to. Like I, I was never like That's fucking it. hell, this sucks. But I also was never like oh, the song's done. That's all right. Yeah, so, <laughs> you, know, you know where my <laughs> level is with it. It's if it was on a greatest hits,
3: I wouldn't skip it unless Rooster was right after it. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah
2: Wouldn't skip Wouldn't skip too
3: Yeah Well I definitely wouldn't skip too And would only And would only skip If the song that I really Really wanted
0: to hear Was, right was the next track Would probably skip Alright <laughs> oh, Would okay. right, There you go yeah. yeah If they were playing For an hour at a festival This song would probably Come in about 25 minutes in So you could yeah. probably Like sneak off And go grab a sushi Yeah Get some to eat or, or a, a beer
1: <laughs> It happened to us At a gig once Of it? course it was at it the did. opera house Someone yeah. next to us Got up mid Ben Frost Yeah Um, And mid-Hecker. Yeah, mid-Tim Hecker. They left several times to get beers, but at some point they went and got sushi instead. It was very frustrating. Yeah. Anyway. That's it's insane. Sorry, yeah.
3: continue. They brought the sushi in? Yeah. It uh-huh. was smelly. <laughs> oh, it's because the end of the day, like, it's not, that's not fresh sushi. And it's, all, it's, it's also nice fish in
2: general. <laughs> Who brings fish to a gig? <laughs> mm. It's like those bars on a like, <laughs> crowded train to work in the morning. Good time for an egg sandwich, I think. Yeah. yeah. Pickled egg.
0: Mmm. <laughs> some tuna on it. Some tuna.
2: Mm. Nice. That's heated up in my portable microwave for the train. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's my 25 seconds up. So, um... Well, moving you haven't on. haven't started yet. Have yeah. you? <laughs> No. There you go. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> well, the 25 second starts now. Look, yeah, it didn't grab me like previous tracks. I, I like the guitar tone. Like, Jerry's always been kind of good on that front. Like, he knows how to make a fucking guitar wail, man. Like, he knows how to make it fucking punch through the speakers. And he knows how to make it, like, wail. To get one of these fucking bad boys like throw a man in the box you hear that shit when that shit wails out you know it's just say like, oh yeah now we're talking like you can say what you want about the declining quality of the band or whatever the fuck but the dude knows his way around making a guitar sound fucking tough Truth. and fucking robust and fucking big so I fucking give credit to Alice Shades for that um, and, you know, the harmonies are alright, that's always been kind of a staple of the Alice in Chains sound, and so, yeah, there's, there's elements of, of good stuff amidst it, but, uh, yeah, definitely not a song that anyone is, if you, if you went and saw Alice in Chains, you wouldn't walk away pissed that they didn't fucking rip this one out, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, that's my 25 seconds, so, um, yeah. <laughs> With the
3: repeated riff and whatever, you know what it reminded me of? A very, very poor man's version of. Walk by Pantera. I oh, am. Yeah. And pretty much as soon as I realized that, I stopped listening to this song and I just and listened to Walk <laughs> by Pantera <laughs> a lot. So,
1: what a tune. Mm. We
0: should <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> I wish we could talk about oh, that. Right? What a song.
1: Just like fudge the numbers a lot when we get to the yeah, yeah, yeah. what song would you have voted for?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Walk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's, that's now what I'm saying. Every At number year. 87, it's, it's Pantera? <laughs>
2: Well, it will be just as suitable as another song which also didn't come out this year but is in this countdown. Ah. Yeah, oh my god.
0: <laughs> Getting Holy ready shit. to be cranky yeah, be for it. that teaser. Oh. Well, transition. Number 87, this is Yothu Yindi with J Bricka.
1: There was a friend of mine on murder. The judge's gavel fell. Jury found him guilty. Gave him 16 years in hell. He said, I ain't spending my life here. I ain't living alone. Ain't breaking the rocks on no a chain gang. Breaking out, heading home. I'm gonna make a change I'm looking towards the sky, I'm gonna make a day. How I wish that I could
0: fly all in the mail. Yothu Yindi at number eighty-seven in the nineteen ninety-five hottest one hundred with their cover of ACDC's Jailbreak. Not to be mistaken with Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak, which is also a fucking ripper song. And I would love to hear their version of it. Man, if they just did, if they just covered songs called Jailbreak, I'd be hundred
1: percent okay yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, if Yothu Yindi just like doubled their output and half of it was covers, I yeah. would not complain. Yeah. Like that's fine.
0: Well, uh, Nathan. First, I, vibes on ACDC. Second, vibes on Yothu. Third, vibes on, on this. On this. Yes. Uh, I'm not huge
1: for ACDC. Obviously, like, I like some of the hits. I don't like a lot of the hits. Uh-huh. I prefer the Bon Scott songs uh, to the Brian... Well, of course,
0: Bon Scott is the not greatest Scott. frontman ever.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Um, Brian Not Scott. <laughs> Yeah, man,
1: whatever, whatever his last name is. Johnson. John- I thought it was Johnson, yeah. and then I was like, oh, that, that sounds too, like, vague and, and you know... <laughs> The filler back name, <laughs> yeah. Brian Johnson, or whatever. Yeah.
0: Or as it says on his birth certificate, <laughs>
1: Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ACDC are fine. Yeah, like a lot of the early stuff I think is really, really cool and exciting. And like, particularly the videos I've seen of their earlier live performances, I think are quite spectacular. And what they did to sort of Australian rock and the pub circuit and that kind of thing, I think is really cool. Uh, as as they've gone on and sort of... I'm just not that interested in that, so that's so fine. They know, they know how to write the four songs they've
2: been writing, and yep. they're very good at writing the four mm. songs they've been yep. writing for the yep. past 40 years. Well as
0: said. As Angus Young once said, I'm so sick of all these people talking shit about the band and saying we've just put out 12 albums that sound exactly the same. We've actually put out 13 (laughs) albums that sound exactly the same.
1: Yeah, they know, which is good. That helps. Yothu Yindi, uh, we've talked about uh, last season, I believe. Oh, yes, uh, with our our world world turning. turning. Um, Lovely This is very different to that, but obviously (laughs) Yothu Yindi, phenomenal artist, and uh, I think we're incredibly lucky as a country to have had them. So this track was off Fusebox. The tribute Mm. to Exit. Yeah, 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 which I am mostly familiar with because Friends Friends of Rom Rom had a track on it. They did TNT. They did TNT, nice. And that was in our... our, Winamp folder of Prince on B sides, um, and
2: so, real... a huge folder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have it in my a um, few tracks sort of in my huge um, shuffled uh, nostalgia punk playlist. Yeah, 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 that's
0: good. Yeah, we should hit up Lindsay and get more B sides. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you have them all. <laughs> <on her. laughs> We've talked a lot about
1: covers, particularly Andrew. You talk every time we talk about a cover, you you bring up the um, I can't even remember how you word it now, but you know, in terms of making the song its own thing, but still mm-hmm. enough yeah. of the original that. It's it's doing something. I think well, this We talked about two Jimi Hendrix covers last yeah, year. Oh my as well. god.
0: At least two. It felt like we talked about a <laughs> hundred. <laughs> just the two. It was uh You Got Me Float, PM Dawn and uh, Purple Haze by uh, the yeah, Cure. Yeah. yeah. I
1: think this song is a phenomenal cover before it even starts playing. I think the the song choice of Yuthi Indy yeah. uh, for Gets this it. tribute album is just like, Cool, check, you've done so much. This is such a political song before you've even like landed the first note it's incredible like obviously you can't have an indigenous act doing this song without thinking about deaths in custody
0: yeah Mm.
1: like you just can't and like 1995 that was about eight years i think after the royal commission but this stuff like it it, it's never stopped being an issue at Mm. no point in australia is this not something that is a huge
2: it was an an issue when cook landed and it's an issue when you hear this
1: podcast yeah exactly (laughs) So yeah, the song choice alone, as soon as it started, I was like, of course, like why like this is the correct thing to do. This is the way to use an A C D tribute album to actually mean something incredibly powerful um in nineteen ninety-five. And so that's really good. I think the the, the cover itself is is great. Mm. I, I think the energy is fantastic. It, again it's in it's enough of the original, but there's enough Yothu Yindi in it to make it really feel like there's the clapstick is great the whole way through oh, man.
2: I, I actually was um a little disappointed that it was so straightforward yeah and like the clapstick is the only kind of real change until of course the, the dig comes did. in oh like, yeah, this that
1: dig is so guess, fucking dope i guess it's a pretty straight cover and then it happens he's like yes all right <laughs> yes, this is where feel. we yeah. are and then like just the the small lyric changes like yeah, they yeah, just yeah. do so much yeah to like just Completely bring that narrative out into a completely different political context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I'm it's so, so happy it's here. Yeah, me too. Even yeah. if you
3: compare the swagger, though, like you look at you look at like Bon Scott and how he put his 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 swag yeah. on the original, but you look at like Unipingu doing his rock star on this track, and yeah, he's there. Yeah, like, but it's translated in an authentic way. That's he's it. not aping bond in any way he's just embodying his inner rock style. and, and I that's love so well, cool there's yeah. such
1: a like in the um the originals video clip there's such a colonial vibe to it like they're yeah, really yeah, harking yeah. back to early australia days and that like that just it works even like so much better flipping it for this cover yeah, yeah for it, sure it's so good yeah just it, it finishing in in suicide rather than being no, shot, shot by the cops shot. is mm. just like yeah okay what a statement yeah. to do on a tribute oh, and, album oh
0: and talking yeah talking about the spirits instead of the yeah. rifles yeah. Yeah. yeah like I noticed mm. that I was just like oh shit there's
1: so like he does he has to change so little to make it just do so much and yeah. like a tribute album on a rock band like like that could, oh. you could, that's a throwaway thing. But this yeah, does shout so so out PM Dawn. <laughs> can, no. can,
2: can you imagine being the um, authors of the song ACDC and hearing this? Oh that would be God. a special fucking wouldn't thing, wouldn't it? Jeff? Yeah. like you, I'm not, not going to have that feeling, no. and like I'm jealous because that would be fucking beautiful. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Apparently Angus fucking loved it. Oh, so. I have to. Of course cool yeah. he wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. For the record, I fucking love ACDC up to and including. Uh, back in black. So, Fair. All, yeah. of the, all of the Bon Scott era, like, I, I will go to the fucking grave, much like Bon did, defending ACDC in the Bon Scott era. I think Bon Scott is potentially the greatest frontman in rock and roll history. That was, like, you talk about rock and roll being the devil's music. That motherfucker was possessed by the devil sometimes when you watched him perform. He was just so full of that sense of rock and roll being evil. You know, he had such a devil maker attitude and it fucking exhumed through the
2: music. It's that same kind of fun that like, not that I guess it's far more serious when Black Sabbath did it, but that
1: kind of like, yes, this is the devil's music. Yeah. Get it. 100%.
0: 100%. 100%. So kind of like Rolling
1: that. Stone, Sympathy for the Devil, that yeah. kind of like, you know, when Mick Jagger struts around. But then you watch Bon Scott and you're like, oh, no, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is your you Satan.
0: You are Satan, Bon. Ronald yeah. Belford Scott. You are you rough are around the, the
1: edges, Satan, not Hell, like Pretty Boy yeah. Strut Satan. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So it's I... Like that's I, more of a yeah. Beelzebub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, Classic Beelzebub pretty boy has the devil Beelzebub put aside Beelzebub. for me. Yeah, so... Jailbreak is one of the uh, great AC/DC songs from the Bon Scott era and Yothu Yindi have just fucking taken it and you know it is played fairly straight apart from the, the rhythm sticks and the and the, uh, the, the, the 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 didgeridoo um but I like the fact that they've just you know, added in their own sense of Australiana to it. It's 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 like having the Australian flag flying next to the Aboriginal flag. Also, people forget that Yotha Yindi were fucking festival killers, mm, man. Yeah. Like back in the day, they used to play like Homebake and the Big Day Out and shit like that. Mm. They'd have dropped that at any festival. People would have lost their fucking minds. Yeah, can you imagine it, you? like the sun's going down, you've had a few beers throughout the day, and
2: then you're, and like, then oh, you're off the Indian stage yopi and then Yeah, like like three
0: songs before fucking tree deer, they drop this shit in. You're just like, oh yeah. And you just peeking for the rest of the fucking night as you go off and watch, I don't know, Sonic animation or some shit. Yes. Yes. Oh, but um, yeah. Full fucking thumbs up, uh, all around. Cause yeah, love ACDC dc yeah, love Yachtie Indy love this shit. At number eighty-six, it's TLC. Golf club. Is it a golf club?
1: I'm very happy this is here.
0: Golf club happy? Would well, this have been played on Triple J. Almost definitely, this is Waterfalls. <sighs> By TLC at number 86 in the 1995 Hottest 100. Uh, I think this is the song where we finally get to ask the question: Why so fucking low, son? Why? (laughs) What the fuck?
3: Hang on, you had one of my friends say that is the
0: time. This
1: episode, Uh, uh, why so low? uh, uh, Yeah. This
0: is. I think this might be the new. uh, What was it last year? How did this beat Park Life? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then um.
0: Matha. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> I forgot. My favorite it. song. it so long. <laughs> man, you're responsible for turning so many of the songs in this podcast into a meme. Fucking. <laughs> 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 oh, Mac Daddy, you stick to the rivers and the lakes that you used to. I do. I'm not aspirational. Yeah. No. <laughs> not not, oh, <laughs> not, oh, not whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, drop some knowledge on us, man. What's, it, what's your uh, affair with TLC? Obviously, this is
2: just too iconic a song for anybody to say that they haven't heard it. Um, <laughs> having said that, <laughs> I that This is not my first visit to um, Yeah obviously Like This song Escapes the trappings Of 90s R&B pop Fantastically Through mm. some Absolutely Terrific lyrics From The dearly departed Lisa Left Eye Lopez mm. She Was the lead composer Of this song And it's all over it Because she leads it R&B wise It's so Princey, Like Prince Influenced yeah, yeah. I feel oh, yeah. uh, oh, I Like felt the wire On that, that guitar Because yeah. yeah, of the soul And the like, chord yeah. progression Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is just a great thing to have. Um, the arrangement and the instrumentation of the track are just fantastic. Her rap is actually fucking jam. Mm. The the story it's telling of, like, it's partly with the music video as well, which is mm. such a staple with the song. So I'm sure everyone's seen the music video because it was always played on video hits and mm-hmm. Rage and yeah. yeah. TV as well. Yeah. That yeah, CGI. Yeah, 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 yeah. that CGI. But also that interrupted bits with the, the, the extended poems where, like, yeah. Someone getting killed in the street, having HIV, like, all these things, like, those three letters that ruined his life kind of thing. These are, like, this this song is saying something more than what you would expect. On that,
1: I, I don't know if I never knew or I just forgot but I didn't think I was aware that it was about much yeah. until very recently. Yeah, right. No, I, I definitely me, man. Yeah. I Absolutely
2: think same. because of the pop work of the song is yeah, so yeah. successful. But
1: I always just, in my head, figured that it was about love and that the singer was calling herself a waterfall right. and saying, you know, like, I'm too good for you, you should yeah. stick to... Stick it.
2: to side bitches. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Stick to, like, tepid bitches. That <laughs> yeah. Tepid bitches don't move. we start the a band called <laughs> Tepid <laughs>
0: Bitches? <laughs> Dude, oh, my water, God.
1: <laughs> But yeah, and then, so like, coming back to it and actually listening to it properly. Again, I'd like to think I knew this and just forgot, but probably didn't. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is actually about stuff. This is great. I I feel like No Scrubs is a bit more surface level. Yeah,
2: more. It's probably, I'm not sure if it was a higher charting, but it's certainly the TLC song that I know. Yeah. yeah. Partly because of memetic mutation of calling Fuckboy Scrubs. Pre, oh yeah! Pre fuckboy discourse, we yeah, yeah. scrub discourse, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. also known as but a I, buster. I'm, I'm
1: pretty, <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure I had this on like a so
2: fresh, so fresh, or 100 yeah.
0: percent hits or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, SoFresh no, so yeah. is too modern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, we're talking Hit Machine. Hit like Machine. It might have been Hit Machine. hits the summer. Or 100% hits. Yeah. Yeah, boy. That,
2: that, that's what I call pop.
0: Um, Did
3: you know they still make SoFresh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. found that out like a couple of weeks ago, and it's good to know. It
0: blew my mind. Yeah.
2: People what? are still buying SoFresh.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's, dude, that's like, staggering.
0: Dude, seriously, like, SoFreshes are like a fucking time capsule. Yeah, they like, absolutely yeah, are. Yeah, I love going back and finding the just, like, the hits of Spring 2001. It's just like, oh, it's like Creed and D12 working hand there'll in hand. Be a song just, on there that you yeah. forgot about entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or one that you it. you just know that the label was trying to push as a hit at the time. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck is this doing yeah. on here? <laughs>
3: Now oh. that you mention it, I I just assumed that I wasn't cool enough to know all the songs. No,
0: nah, yeah. yeah, there were there were some that were definitely <laughs> on there. Yeah, yeah, some were definitely getting pushed by the labels so just like Can you went out include you this as a new hit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they played you.
2: This is I'm always stoked to hear this song. I'm always yeah, stoked to hear to, uh, to sing the praises of the of actual the three of them as artists. And yeah. it's a damn shame that uh, Lopez left us when she did.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I look at TLC kind of in. A timeline of representation of women and uh, women of color in pop music, and so you've got Salt and Pepper just before TLC's right in the middle, and Destiny's Child is just around the corner, and Missy Elliott. Oh, and yeah, and fucking How. So it's a big deal, man. Like on that <laughs> front, just pu- on a purely contextual and uh, cultural standpoint, but. It also happens to be something you could fucking bump in the whip, too. So, you know, works out well. Uh, Yeah, it's just a really beautiful, cruisy pop song. And, you know, there's a lot going on on the layering of the meaning and the lyricism and stuff like that. And, of course, Left Eye is one of the fucking best MCs on Earth forever and ever and ever. When that shit drops in those scrubs, I lose my goddamn mind. Especially when, uh, in a very 1998 style, she raps about having a fucking plasma screen. Uh-huh. It's just like, heck yeah, son. You get that money. You know, I fucking, I, I don't know. I'm just talking dumb shit. But I fucking, I love TLC. The LCD sports, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> 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 um, t- I have the TLC greatest hits, and I fucking love it. Uh I I I love throwing that shit on and just jamming it. Some some of those pop acts like their albums were very inconsistent, but you put it all together like on a singles collection and it's fucking unreal. Like Destiny's Child never had like a great record, but you put all the they had that record where all of their number ones were together. Mm. Oh, and it's so good. Mm. Christina was the same. Like Britney's, kind of the same. Like for mm. the early singles, like for sure. Like up to and including like stuff off like Circus and Blackout and shit. That's when like she actually started making good records. It's it's a difficult thing for I think pop artists to like because there's so much focus on the singles. Well, yeah, right, and, and, and and that's the way the um the.
2: I guess the um the culture machine yeah. to borrow a term yeah 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 it works for pop music
0: yeah 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 and it, it reminds me of back the in hit the sixties. 60- yeah <laughs> ah <laughs> this guy it reminds me of back in the day when you'd get an album from like a crooner or like a like your Nancy Sinatra's or something like that and it would have like single single, single, plus six other songs, yeah. you know? <laughs> it was just like <laughs> they they get no credence whatsoever. Yeah. It's just like they either have the full track list or it's just like featuring song, song, song and there's And like many s- more. And many more. You know what I mean? Your, yeah. I you, baby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, point stands. Fucking TLC is the ever loving shit, but I'm Mildly pissed off at them for continuing to do shows without Left Eye. Hmm. Why would you fucking do that? TLC without Left Eye is like the Jimi Hendrix Experience without Jimmy. Just the experience. <laughs> <laughs> this is just TC. <laughs> All
3: right. First up, I want to give props to Organized Noise, who are the producers for this track. They did a lot of work with Outcast as well. Heck I think yeah. that makes sense yeah, when you listen yeah, to I this can song. Hear that. But like. I have always kind of heard this song, because I feel like, and this is part of the tragedy of where this song sits now, it's, when I was talking about Alanis Morissette, I brought out the bunny-eared retro, this is retro, Mm. like, the amount of times that I've been out on a retro (sighs) night, and- Yeah, exactly and but that's where TLC lives man and I think that's kind of a shame because you know like we don't get as as Nathan didn't the depth of what's going on in the lyrics and especially how like uh, at the time that was a huge deal like to be talking about the AIDS epidemic I forget mm. who it was now um, but someone at an awards ceremony actually said like this is, is was like a was a huge thing for bringing the AIDS epidemic to the fore just this song alone yeah, wow. yeah. like and they gave it so many so many props for that you know, I didn't realize, for one, how dope the beat is and how amazing. How could like, you not? Because I never sat down and listened to it. I've always heard that, you know, like in the background, or on the You're radio, a victim of retro
1: night, or a oh. retro night.
3: You know what I mean? Like, you know, and so I've never actually given it the the real attention and and dug into it. And I think also, so we got that musically going on and whatever. And I think it's nah, yeah, yeah, shame yeah. that that's where it sits contextually now. But going back to original context, this is also a really interesting piece in terms of like. Uh, looking at what the pop industry was doing at that time because TLC, even after the success of this song and the album, filed for bankruptcy
2: mm. because
3: they were getting stooged so bad by the labels and whatever. The, wh- the quote Labels were fucking out, evil at this point, That's man. it, that's it. And this is like, TLC is just like, you, you You want an example of that? You bring out TLC, you talk about this precise oh, era. Oh, dude. It also yeah. didn't help that... Uh, Left eye at this time, she like burnt down a house because she was in like a, a terrible relationship with a with a football player and she like took all his shoes and put them in the bathtub and set them all on fire and like nice. that's burnt so fucking sick. And then and then like they had this massive breakup and then they got back together and whatever. Like Oh man, this. the drama around TLC at this time is huge. Oh, like, it's fascinating. And you yeah. can dig into it and and you know, like if you want to do that whole, you know, like pop stars exposed, like <laughs> mm. you could have a yeah behind the music, yeah behind the music, absolutely you could have a ball. But I think, yeah, I think the fact that they weren't able to sustain themselves despite being one of the biggest pop acts with one of the mm. biggest singles at that mm. time is super interesting yeah. and and yeah, took it took, really it, it took like
0: three years for them to get back on the radar. Yeah. You know, like when No Scrubs and I'm Pretty were like the biggest hits of the fucking summer. So yeah, it's a fascinating kind of story to see how it all unfurled. But um, yeah. I'm very glad that we had this moment. With I'm them. glad they're here. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking
3: a amazing song and the and the value of it, very much sitting in where it where it was mm. at that time. Yeah, load Sh- of value there. Dig in. Should have been and fucking nice, higher though.
1: Nice another example of sort of alternative pop crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Word. Yeah, word, what? word, word, yeah, word, word, word.
0: That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hustle 100s and Thousands. Thank you very much for listening, and thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Uh, if anyone thinks that grind by Allison Chains is <laughs> uh, not
1: the fifth best yeah, song yeah
0: is is not is not the worst <laughs> song uh please uh, speak now forever hold your peace wonderful uh i'm going to try and guess okay, <laughs> please <laughs> do i'm going to go with grace for bunch dog wow. i'm going to go easy. Yeah. yeah for Nath, i'm going to say oh come on allanus
3: no you'll do
1: yindi Honestly, like, it's, ne- it's nearly a four-way tie, so I'm happy to just say huh. yes huh. to whatever you
0: say. <laughs> Mine's Yothu Indie. Mine is also Yothu Indie. Dope. Okay. Yeah, well, we have <laughs> it. Do you want to <laughs> join us? Or? Yeah, 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 I'll <laughs> join <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Sick.
3: I'll sit and wail over here. But, 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 but <laughs> honestly,
1: like, uh, you know, especially for me, Alison Change is not so much, but the other four songs in this episode, oh my God. Like, what an ace
0: bunch of songs to talk about. And really exciting that we get to talk about the artists some more. For sure. Alrighty, well, uh, we will see you next week. But until then, on behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher. See ya. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. It's been fun. And on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Always a pleasure. I don't know why I've got this British accent, but keep music evil. My name is Michael Kane. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
2: keep music well evil, isn't that? Keep music well fucking evil. All right.
1: Sort of a really bad joke, but I think I'm gonna refrain. Nah, do it. You gotta. To- okay. <clears throat> I hope and it's and about Harold. <laughs> <laughs> they should have made his first posthumous album. The buck stops here. <laughs>
2: ah!
0: They should have though.
2: Holy shit! Uh, Picture of him on the front cover, con, like <laughs>
0: yeah. emptying his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> <The front cover. laughs> <laughs> They're filled with water! Oh, God. on! Oh, no. oh
3: God. Ring it out a
1: towel. <laughs> His covers are like splish-splash. And... and with that, Adam, no. please talk oh, about this song uh, you right, love. On, I'm sorry. Hang
0: on, hang on, hang on. <sighs>